Welcome to The Grange Point, where we hang out and talk about the latest news in science technology and how they relate to your everyday life. This podcast is brought to you by the Young Scientists of Australia. We're a youth organisation aged 15 to 25 whose work is to promote science to the youth of Australia. When it comes to vaccines, every little drop counts, but how do we make vaccines even more effective? Now, vaccines are incredibly important, and they're helping us fight Ebola, so we find out some updates on some new developments of types of vaccines to fight back against Ebola. But delivering vaccines to a whole number of people is a huge logistical challenge, so what can be done to make vaccines more effective and more efficient? Plus, new ways to help tackle... to help boost the effectiveness of your flu shot. Now, ever since they had the first Ebola outbreaks in West Africa, we've been tracking the development of the medical community to help tackle and solve this problem. And now researchers from the Vista Institute have published in the Journal of Infectious Diseases a pretty novel and interesting way of developing a new vaccine against Ebola to actually provide protection against the Zaire Ebola virus. And this is done using an entirely new or different method, basically a novel synthetic DNA vaccine. It doesn't rely on actual original sources, it's actually making its own synthetic DNA to help tackle this problem. And this was developed by the Vista Institute Vaccine and Immunotherapy Centre. Now, as we know, Ebola is incredibly dangerous, especially in a large-scale outbreak. Now, Ebola virus itself causes an infection, which is severe hemorrhagic fever that has pretty much a 50% fatality rate, and exposure to bodily fluids afterwards lead to the spread of it. And now there are several potential vaccine candidates out there. But the problem is it's important to have a spread of potential candidates because some have side effects that play out in different ways and might not be applicable to certain vulnerable populations such as children, pregnant women, or people with a compromised immune system in the first place, such as people undertaking cancer treatments, for example. In addition, in order to keep them running, you often have to provide boosters to make sure you have long-term protection. And so that's why Vistar scientists looked at a different method. Instead of trying to target a traditional pathogenic format, they actually developed their own synthetic DNA, which targets the virus surface protein. So something that lives onside the surface of the virus called glycoprotein. And with this synthetic DNA, it actually goes after with incredible efficiency that particular protein. This is very different to traditional methods of vaccine development. Because traditionally, a normal vaccine dose doesn't last for a very long time in the Ebola vaccine candidates that are out there in the market. So to come up with something that could actually lead to a long-lasting treatment is incredibly important. And synthetic non-viral-based DNA actually allows for rapid vaccine development. And it can be just delivered directly into the skin. So you get a consistent, potent, and rapid immunity buildup rather than the traditional vaccine approach. So instead of having to rely on needles to eject straight into the bloodstream, they can use this intradermal delivery through the skin in a much more efficient way. And that makes it, for a delivery perspective, even better, which is what you also want in something like a vaccine where you want to get it out into a community suffering in a pandemic in the first place. Now, this is important because the logistics of delivering vaccines is what's the most challenging part of it. It's not good enough to give the vaccine to one person. You need to immunize a whole population to really remove the outbreak chance or stop an outbreak in its tracks. So having a long-lasting vaccine that doesn't require boosters, that is also efficient to deliver, doesn't require injecting with needles, that's incredibly promising. So when they compared this uh, to the effectiveness of other equivalent anti-Ebola vaccines out there on the market already, they showed that it was had the same effect, if not better, as those vaccines, which is great considering it's just a patch on your skin. 
So this shows the challenges that goes into developing a new vaccine and the considerations that you have to have in mind. But it also shows that we can have not just one, but many tools in our disposal against fighting outbreaks like Ebola. This is some great work by the Vista Institute to try and tackle what is a serious global health problem in a new and novel way using synthetic DNA. So in the event of an outbreak or the development of an epidemic into a pandemic, World health organizations tried really, really hard to try and find ways to effectively manage the vaccines that they have. The vaccine production takes time. Vaccine storage requires cold chain. But even no matter the method you have, synthetic DNA, DNA, cold shelf, or otherwise, you need to get it into people, whether it involves an injection or a patch or otherwise. And that requires time, as well as actually lining everybody up. So the logistics of vaccine delivery, especially in an epidemic or pandemic situation, is incredibly challenging. And it's pretty much what health organisations across the world, coordinated by the WHO, try really, really hard to work on and practice. An example of it is, of course, outbreaks of things like the avian influenza virus. Now, H5N1 is the name of the particular main strain of avian influenza that can cause severe respiratory illnesses. And most commonly it's found in birds, but sometimes it makes that jump from bird to human. And when that contact and spread or breach occurs in the particular strain, then it can lead to devastating outcomes. Now, there's been 860 cases of H5N1 uh, from that transition from animal to human, and 454 of them have been fatal in the last time from 2003 all the way through to 2018. So it doesn't sound like a lot, but it's an example of the influenza virus's devastating effectiveness and its constant evolution. And its constant evolution also what makes it so difficult to actually develop vaccines for. So anytime we come up with a vaccine or a concept, we need to make sure it can be effectively delivered to people. A group of researchers at Baylor College of Medicine in Houston have been working as part of the Vaccine and Treatment Evaluation Unit, a global network of clinical research sites that are testing and analysing and studying all the different treatments, vaccines against infectious diseases across the world. They've all been working together, but at Baylor, they're trialling an unusual approach to try and boost the effectiveness of a traditional vaccine, in particular for boosting the body's immune response to the H5N1 vaccine. And it's in phase one of human-based clinical trials right now. Now, the reason why this particular approach is so interesting is that it effectively uses a cream, a topical cream that's often used for, by people who are trying to treat genital warts or skin cancers. And it's called imikimod, a certain type of cream. And what the researchers have found, and builds on the work from prior studies in Hong Kong, is that when you apply the imikimod cream, and then give a seasonally inactive influenza vaccine, like the normal type of flu jab that you may be used to, you actually see a boosted response. And in the trial performed in Hong Kong, where they injected these into elderly patients and children, those who applied the cream before vaccination generate a substantially more robust immune response than any of the control groups who didn't receive the ImmuQuad cream. 
And that's because the Imacod cream has huge immunosystem boosting properties. And that's very, very important for one big reason. In an outbreak, when you're trying to contain the spread of it and you have a limited supply of vaccine, you want every drop that you give to be very, very effective and to be the most effective it can be. So this cream, which can be simply delivered and applied before the injection with a vaccine, makes any vaccine that you manage to deliver to someone far more effective and robust. This will allow you to stretch the supplies of your vaccine and dose where needed and be more effective, which in an outbreak situation where supplies are short and you're trying to best immunize the population, that could be a huge boost. A lot of this work is being coordinated by researchers like Hannah M. L. Salahi, who's an associate professor in the Department of Microbiology and Microbiology at Baylor College. Now, they're taking a trial of 50 people, and all participants receive two intradermal doses of the H5N1 vaccine 21 days apart. So that's intradermal delivery with the needle, so into the skin and syringe. But it's tricky because you have to get that syringe in at a certain angle. But they'll also be assigned to either two groups. One group will be given a cream to the up, and that will be applied to the upper arm before the vaccination. It's just supplied in a small single-use packet. And it's effective, you know, after about 5 to 15 minutes. So you put that cream on them in the spot you're about to apply the vaccination. And the other group will receive a control group, a placebo cream, so to speak. And this means you'll get a double-blind controlled study on whether or not this treatment could really be effective in boosting particular flu vaccines. And that could help save lives in the next outbreak and make the delivery of vaccines even more efficient. So this is some great work being coordinated out of Baylor College of Medicine in Houston and coordinated overall by the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases to try and find ways to tackle and improve the delivery of vaccines, particularly in an epidemic or pandemic situation. Now, vaccines are one of the best ways to actually get treatments out to people, mostly because it's a preventative measure. It actually prevents you from having the disease in the first place. And with a correctly designed vaccine, one shot could last you a long time of protection, immunization against a particular disease or infection. And that is pretty incredible when you think about it. A shot of a vaccine can prevent you from getting sick for years to come. Some, some require boosters to keep the dosage strong and healthy, but other ones are one shot for your entire life. There are some vaccines that we've developed for even things like cancer, like the cervical cancer vaccine, which is available quite readily for everyone in Australia. Now, researchers from the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston have been trying to find a way to tackle the number one problem with vaccines. And that is that vaccines in the way they're currently developed are incredibly time-consuming to manufacture in using cell cultures or eggs. 
and it's expensive and also carries a risk of contamination. But the bigger problem then comes down the chain. Because you've grown the vaccine in that way, you then have to store it in a form like that. So then when you put it into the final needle for the injection to the patient at the end of the line, you have to maintain a continuous cold chain from generation all the way to delivery. And that is incredibly expensive, especially when you're trying to get out vaccines to places that need it most, places with poor access to healthcare, places in developing or remote parts of the world where you don't have necessarily a very easy and quick cold chain to get stuff out there. It's a logistical nightmare, particularly for tropical or subtropical regions where cold storage place requirements is pretty much 80% of the vaccine cost. So with that in mind, how can you make vaccines more effective That means make them require less to produce them in the first place and require less stringent requirements on keeping them safe. So that's what these researchers from the University of Texas in Galveston have been digging into. Now, this work was led by Payong Shi, who's the professor of the Department of Biochemistry and Molecular Biology at UTMB, and working with a team of Jingzhou, Zhuping Zhe, Haolin Lo, Chao Shan, Antonio Morato, Scott Weaver, and Chan Wang. They were looking at a way to develop a vaccine like, say, the attenuated Zika vaccine, that could then be made without having to require cell cultures or eggs and without requiring the need for a cold chain. But interestingly enough, this method that they developed, they were trying to come up with basically a universal platform. They weren't fussed about which particular vaccine they were working on, just trying to prove that the way in which of making any vaccine could be better as a basis. And they did this by using a live attenuated Zika vaccine as their starting point. So they took this form of the Zika vaccine in DNA form. We use that because once it's in DNA form and it's delivered into your body, it launches the vaccine across your cells, leading to the antibody production and the other protective immunity effects. Now, that's an interesting and effective way of actually introducing the vaccine into your body. And DNA molecules importantly, are shelf-stable, which means they don't need a cold chain to keep them going. They also won't expire at warm temperatures and can be stockpiled in a room for years and years and years, which is very, very different to the current limitations of cultured or egg-grown vaccines. Now, using the UTMB Zika vaccine as a model, the research group showed that using a DNA platform works incredibly effectively in mice. There's no drop-off, there's no degradation of performance compared to traditional other methods, and in a single low dose, the DNA vaccine protected mice from Zika virus infection, and also mother-to-fetus transmission, which is everything that you could possibly want from a vaccine. And this is the first study to demonstrate that a single low dose of DNA vaccine could offer saturated protective immunity. Now, that's incredible that they've proven it for one, which is a Zika vaccine platform, but it could also be applied or hope to be applied to a number of other viruses out there. And that means we could develop vaccines that are not only cheaper, but also more effective and can be stored for longer. That is really what we want. So this is some great work out of the University of Texas Medical Branch in Galveston. This has been the Young Scientists of Australia's podcast, LaGrange Point. From boosting your flu shot with a cream to getting vaccines that can have a long shelf life to new ways to help use DNA to fight Ebola vaccines. Covered the ways to improve the effectiveness of vaccines this week. Our ending theme was composed by Audio Head to ysa.org.au for more information about the Young Scientists of Australia.